Welcome to You Can't Kill Me, every Slipknot song one by one. We are Chris Lee and Dave Musson, and we're here today to talk about our favourite Slipknot song, New Abortion. Hello, Dave. Hiya, Chris. Uh, New Abortion. Yeah. Good. 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 <laughs> uh, so, quickly before we start, what we're doing here is analysing every Slipknot song, scoring out of nine, and ranking it against all the others. We've got to do everything eventually, Dave. Yes. Why are we doing New Abortion now? Well... I wanted to go into something on Iowa and New Abortion has become a song for me that as years have gone on, I've just started to love more and more and more. So it was, it was something that passed me by a bit when I first had Iowa. It's, you know, it's, it's later on in the record. It's track 12 on the record. And those first few listens, I was so obsessed with everything up to left behind that to be honest, I didn't get didn't often get that far into the album to actually hear new abortion but why it's special for me and i think why it works as a as a slipknot song is where it comes alive on stage it was actually a live version of this that made me sort of almost reappraise it and i've got this i've got this weird thing where quite a few of my favorite songs by bands that i really like had sort of laid dormant in my affections until hearing live versions of them that just sort of changed how i heard that song so going slightly off topic but blood brothers by papa roach mm. i didn't get that song until i heard it on the ozfest 2001 cd and then bang it's like my favorite papa roach song pretty much crazy train by ozzy it took hearing it on the tribute on the randy roach tribute album to really get that song and then it was new abortion for this on the pledge of allegiance cd which came out in 2001 and i mean get this as a live cd system of the down on toxicity slipknot on iowa and some American head charge. I mean, I think it had Seamless on there. A quite terrifying version of Seamless, if I remember rightly. I mean, that was an absolute banging CD. I think I got it for Christmas that year. But the version of New Abortion on there is just ferocious. I think I first heard it on... It was on a, some stupid cartoon on... Um, do you remember the website Ebound's World? That was just like loads of just rubbish stuff. So they had this stupid cartoon on there of a tank like driving over stick figures and killing them. And the soundtrack was a live version of New Abortion. Loved it. And it just made this song stick. And I mean, I was so happy when they played it when we saw them in January 20, 2020. But yeah, it just it just made me go back and really reappraise this song and and really explore the latter half of, of iowa as well and now this is this is right up there for me in terms of hearing it on iowa and i i just i just wanted to bring it in fairly early on because it's a song I'd, as we've done with pretty much every song on, on this podcast it's a slipknot song that i really really like it's really good so as you say it's towards the back end of iowa which is a pretty damn larry record but it has a bags of melody as well and i think this song does both of those really well it loses something for me just purely because of where it sits on the record um Mm. between skin ticket which i fucking love and Mm. metabolic as well so not bad yeah um so it it sort of it fits in really nicely a very very high quality but it sits in really nicely as kind of part of the build towards that title track at the end um and i think part of the reason for that from, from my point of view is just that it it's one of those songs on Iowa that for me is probably still in that place where it used to be for you a little bit, slightly passed me by. Mm-hmm. And it's another one, I think we mentioned it on, on The Blister Exist. It's a song where you could probably give me an hour to write down the name of Slipknot songs and this wouldn't be near the top of it. <laughs> just yeah, It's just not in the top sort of several songs that, that spring to mind for me. 
Um, so it's been really enjoyable to kind of go back and, and rediscover it, um, as I think it's probably going to be quite common with, with these songs. It has been identified as the ninth best Slipknot song by the uh, rather wonderful band Employed to Serve. Ah. I think, should we assume that was Sammy? Yeah, yeah, I think we should assume that. Yeah. Uh, housekeeping stuff, full band writing credit, the the abortion thing we need to, to address a little bit, I think. The word abortion in the title gives certain groups the chance they are looking for to accuse Slipknot of believing this or believing that. I honestly yep. don't know that it's anything more here than a word or the connection that is, is kind of open within the lyrics of what it's supposed to be. Maybe it is more than that. Frankly, the lyrics are such a mush anyway that it's difficult to tell. It's another one, like we said on the, on the last episode, where I find that listening to the song, the lyrics work absolutely beautifully. Reading them out, it's not, you know, Wordsworth, is it? So for fuck's sake, don't read Slipknot lyrics. It's really <laughs> not not useful. It's been noted by people who know better than me that the song references a biblical tale as well in which Jesus casts out the sins of man. I'll take their word for it. Yeah, I'm happy, yeah, sure. Dave to just accept what is said that this is a song for the maggots yeah yeah i mean that's that's the overwhelming thing i found on on this when trying to dig in was is this sort of unifying anthem for the maggots and 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 encouraging them all to stick together and uh, i mean there there was i did find quite a lengthy quote which um i think comes from Corey that um goes into it a little bit sort of saying so it's a basically a new definition of abortion for the fact that um, these kids who are sort of kids coming from the same sort of towns as Slipknot are, are born with life, but that's basically all they have. They have no chance for a future and have no chance of finding themselves. They have no inside influence that's going to push them in the right direction. They fit and they stagnate, which when I think about it, real abortion is better than that fucking bullshit. Yeah, that's definitely Corey talking, isn't it? 2001 <laughs> Corey. Um, yeah. These people are born with life, but they still have to endure it. You, these are the kids you see shooting up schools, losing their minds over sitting in their rooms and not having anywhere to go. So that is my testimony, testimony to these kids that I know where they are coming from. But you're right. I also think that it's very in keeping with what Slipknot were like at this point in their career. Like, can we stick a controversial word in a title, like you say, to make people just jump at the, jump up and down with the things that they're probably already going to be saying about us anyway yes definitely it'll get more eyes eyes on it it'll get more people talking about it and more people this sounds cynical to say more people buying it but yeah i'm sure the i'm sure roadrunner Re- records were perfectly happy with having a word like abortion in one of the titles because they knew what that would do for for eyeballs on this album exactly i i think for our purposes we can just assume it's a rebellion song it's suspicious of authority um i've got a quote here from from luke morton in metal hammer who um says that it's fueled by hatred and disdain towards a higher power and authority figure it's a call to arms for every youngster who feels alienated and misunderstood i.e it's a fucking heavy metal song yeah for my part i i i love how very slipknot it is right from the very beginning it's kind of mid-paced and i mean that as a as a um a positive it's relatively straightforward for slipknot it's riffy it's angry it's a character piece rather than showing off isn't it yeah yeah i really like the the samples right at the start which kind of almost sound like something from jurassic park you know they've got this sort of like giant vicious lizard hiding in hiding in the undergrowth somewhere just behind those stabbed guitars 
and then that massive riff comes in and you've just got Corey spitting fire over the top and there's a point about a minute and a half where it just all starts stomping and yeah put that straight in my veins i will take that thank you very much <laughs> yeah the, the you can't take my soul away from me is a beautifully kind of mardy statement of defiance it's one of those slogans isn't it it's a slipknot slogan yeah. that were yeah. very prevalent back in those days um i've always seen the song as a kind of cory canvas it's yeah like musically it's interesting enough but it's there for the fire of taylor that's yeah. what it's for and I think probably my favourite bit about the vocals is the, the little distortion on that Cleans Bridge part, which is, again, just one of those little touches that Slipknot have that just elevates what they're doing beyond pure fury into mm. very smart, very clever, very accomplished heavy metal music. And this this actually takes riffs from uh, from the Crows era. Uh, look, we're digging, digging around on this. Apparently, there's a, there's a Crows era song called May 17, which is on a three-track demo called Excerpts from Current Project, which was the first recorded output from Slipknot after Mick joined on guitar and Craig moved to samples. And apparently there's riffs on that song that eventually became No Abortion. Um, I did manage to find the lyrics for May 17. <laughs> Hilarious. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, quite possibly. Like, I mean, they make what they make what you were saying about not reading Slipknot lyrics now actually they make they do make him seem quite wordsworthian in comparison to to those original lyrics they're not so bad this this isn't the worst for that stuff um but i think again it's such a character piece that without Corey delivering those lyrics it really loses some of its meaning yeah um i really like the kind of scratchy swirly guitar that's such a big a big part of this song love that it ends on a big old fuck you oh yeah because it's iowa yep and what what about i mean i, I talked to the start about the fact that the live version of this is what has what turned me into such a fan of this song like it's a pretty good one when it gets played live isn't it and the, the way they get the um the room the arena whatever just chanting with those eyes at that opening mm-hmm. riff nice isn't it yeah it's i think what's what's great about it live and probably extends to being great about slipknot live is that where there are very complex songs that are probably quite difficult to work out how to do it there are also songs like this where they step up they bang out an amazing really bilious version of it slightly faster more aggressive Yep. Big old clap along, and it just feels vital. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm with you. I think probably live is the best environment for this song, and in Birmingham that was certainly the case. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you heard the Pledge of Allegiance version? Do you know what? I probably heard it at the time, uh, but yeah. I I don't have it in my brain right now. Yeah. I just it's one of those one of those rare occasions where a, a live album actually a live recording actually does it justice like it really you can really hear what a dangerous and exciting band Slipknot were at that point in their career and it just really comes across on that on that recording it it goes a little bit I think in the middle where he, he starts talking about like putting your hands up for your freedom for your country and stuff and obviously it's in the wake of, mm-hmm. of 9-11 I think it, that's sort of tapping into where he's 
going there in his in his mid song patter, but um, oh, it's just just the way it, everything spits out at the start. It it still gets me now. Like, yeah, those live versions just really do it for me. But actually, actually going back in and and hearing the recorded version again, I think because I'm because I'm so familiar with the riffing pattern now. I think I get more out of the the samples that are sort of swirling around underneath, and it just adds an extra layer of of creepiness to it. Almost, it, it like I say, it, it just reminds me of this sort of snarling animal hidden somewhere, about to about to leap out and and destroy me. So, yeah, all good. Yeah, I think Joey's outstanding on this as well. He is. Oh, it's it's so it's so classic. Like first couple of albums, Joey drew drumming isn't it it's just all of the hits all of the time drives the song all the way through um I mean, I've, I've watched a jay uh drum cam video of of this song from not fest in 2016 and uh yeah it's it's the amount going on is just unbelievable for for what is relatively simple song that was the power of joey's drumming early on and, and that that jay still does now is like they can both of those guys can just hit far, seemingly far too many drums and just make it work. Yeah, they say well, they, they managed to do it without losing swing. Uh, yeah, particularly yeah, Joey on it. this, it swings. Yeah, and it needs yeah. to as well because you say it's not the most complicated Slipknot song of, of of all of them, and it needs those little flashes of character. I think it's why Corey's so good on it. I think it's why Joey's so good on it as well. And like you say, like um, Sid and Craig are huge contributors to it. Mm. Yeah. Did you come across any cover versions? I didn't. I'm guessing you probably found some Nightcore <laughs> covers or something. I wasn't going to bring it up, but as you have, um, there is a Nightcore version of it. It is awful. And there is an 8-bit version of it, and it is awful. Right. Good. Really? I'm, I'm glad I'm uh, glad you're going in and, and reviewing these particular covers, because it means I don't have to. I you know exactly what the Nightcore and 8-bit versions of every Slipknot song sound like because <laughs> I don't do anything to them apart from speed them up and then speed them up a bit more. Yeah, yeah. I've just realised I haven't I haven't done what I normally do and tried to think of any bands that might do a good job of this because I don't, I don't see this as one of those songs that shouldn't be touched. I feel like there's potentially a good cover out there of this. Hmm. I'm just trying to think of bands that we've not mentioned already. I mean, I could, I could actually see Lamb of God doing something quite quite interesting with this yeah it's got that chugga um, chug hasn't it yeah yeah hmm. i mean they, they they'd probably be up there um dope i'm dope <laughs> behave <laughs> God, i don't know you say do you say dope just as i was about to say i wonder whether code orange might do something with this like there, there's two worlds two worlds <laughs> i i mean I, I sort of think code orange could probably do just about anything at the moment they probably could i I just feel like i think again going back reassessing how i listen to the album version of this and those really appreciating the samples and stuff at the start again there's an opportunity for it to go even weirder on the sample side there and be a bit glitchier and stuff i don't know and it, it'd suit jamie's vocals style really well i think i think it would and it's got a built-in cleans part as well which obviously uh yeah. Would would work quite nicely for Reba as well. Maybe it feels like a bit of a cop out to say Code Orange, doesn't it? It does, but like you'd listen, wouldn't you? Oh god, yeah. Oh <laughs> god, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, obviously, allowing for all of the bands we mentioned, or we mentioned loads already. So, employed to serve Conjurer, they'd all do. They'd all do stomping versions of this. 
it, it needs it needs to be a band that can that can do heavy but doesn't rely on speed for doing heavy it needs to be a band that understands swing and groove which is probably why my mind first went to lamb of god i think lamb of god's a good shout yeah They'd, they'd strip away any of the samples if it were a Lamb of God cover. It'd be much more focused on the riff, which is not a bad thing. Um, and I can definitely imagine Randy Blythe doing this. This is, he and Corey are sort of kindred spirits in terms of their delivery in many ways. I'm on board. Cool. I am on board. Um, we need to do some uh, some business then, don't we? We do. Right, so uh, the purpose of You Can't Kill Me is to rank every Slipknot song by giving each one a score out of nine because Slipknot and then seeing where they fall against one another. We'll go with you first, Dave. How are you scoring New Abortion? So I've got a feeling this might be one of the the ones where we've got the biggest gap yet um, based on what we've talked about because I'm giving this 7.75. Like This is right up... <laughs> This is absolutely right up there on iOS for me. Is that even a real number? Yeah, yeah. That's terrible. Five 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 um seven seven five. <laughs> yes, um, I there is a gap. There is a gap. It's not a a huge gap. Uh, I think we've already got one bigger. Actually, yes, we have. Uh, I'm going five. five and that okay. is just because I, my instinct was to go straight down the middle, mm-hmm. and it felt too harsh. Because I really like it. Yeah. Uh, I just think in terms of complexity and just making me want to murder things, it's not quite top tier Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It is, however, very good. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. So that that puts it uh, in between. It puts it just above Everything Ends uh, and The Devil and I, which are both, we've both got them ranked as 12. And it puts it just below only one. Like okay. literally just below only one, which comes in at thirteen, and no abortion being twelve point seven five because I'm awkward. Uh, so yeah, I think that feels about right. I mean, it's it sort of sits it below purity in our combined list. I was very conscious of wanting to give it a higher mark than like purity and kill pop and vermilion, but but yeah, I think it's probably fair in the in the grand scheme of things. Let's leave it there then. We we uh, are coming back next time to do Skeptic, so we're bringing it a little more up to date. That is New Abortion by Slipknot. You Can't Kill Me is produced by This Decay, and we will see you later. Uh-huh.